seated. Comments? I'll turn the mic on here. Uh, before we get started this evening, I'd like to just take a few moments. If anyone has a testimony they'd like to share uh, tonight, I want to give you that opportunity uh, to give the Lord praise and glory. Uh, whether it was something the Lord did uh, this past week, this past month, whatever it might be, uh, I'll give you guys an opportunity to give Him the glory for His working. Anybody have a testimony for the Lord? Oh, Julian, okay. Sorry, I couldn't see you back there. I'm just, uh, I'm thankful for uh, the Lord's uh, uh, patience and grace and mercy and uh, uh, just how he's able to work in every situation and just seeing uh, what's happening in the world right now and just um, being encouraged in uh, adult Sunday school with through uh, Harley's teaching on Daniel and what's happened then and what's happening now and how people were set apart, you know, just a, a little remnant. Yeah. And I'm thankful that uh, there's still a remnant and Lord willing, we want to be part of that remnant. Thank you. Amen. Anyone else have a testimony? Yeah, Harley. I have a loud voice, so okay. I don't know if you can hear me. <laughs> on the way out uh, last Wednesday, Ethan got in an accident on uh, the highway here. He got rear-ended by a drunk driver. And, uh, you know, it just uh, reminded me something I knew. You, know, you never know what's going to happen. <coughs> But thankfully, no one was hurt. The driver of the truck wasn't hurt. And Ethan and his uh, daughter weren't hurt. So I'm just thankful for God's protection. Amen. Praise the Lord. Thank you. You know, I say it all the time. You know, we travel a ton of miles. You know, if we were to sit down and figure it out, it'd be astronomical how many miles we travel. And, uh, you know, thankful for his protection. Amen. Anyone else? Yeah. Um, I just wanted to thank the Lord for um, answered prayer. Um, there are so many times when we pray for things, and He just, I mean, He always answers our prayers. But um, as a parent, um, I want my kids to see that. And um, I want to make it, I want to make it visible for them so they can see that God is answering our prayer. And so, um, we prayed specifically that God would bring the people first um, Saturday. And um, we invite um, the girls, invited um, a lot of their gymnastic friends um, to come to the carnival. And um, we've invited them to other events and they hadn't come. So we kind of prepared them that it might not happen. And um, it was just so exciting for them to see their gymnastic friends that did show up. And um, then last night at dinner, I think Eliana said, Mom, God brought the people. And um, it was just so exciting because I know um, as a child for me, 
Um, I always thought that God answered my parents' prayers, um, but I don't remember specifically seeing God answer my prayers. And so for them to see that um, just meant the world to me, that, um, that God is, he is active and he's alive and he is answering my prayers, but he's answering my children's prayers. So. Thank you. Amen. Anyone else have a testimony? I don't want to miss anybody. Yeah. I'm just very thankful for God just being a God of comfort and the great peace that he brings. And I've had some difficult days since the passing of my parents. And I just, the Lord has been so good to me and just brought the right people in my life to encourage me or just scripture or whatever. And I'm just so thankful for his love and his comfort. And he's so good and um, just always there for us. So I'm just very thankful for that. Amen. Thank you. Praise the Lord that he, he's always there. And that, that's, that's hard for us to fathom sometimes because, you know, we are, we're human. And we're, we're used to, you know, our, our human nature. And sometimes people let us down. So what a great comfort it is that we serve a God that doesn't let us down. He is always there. He's always listening. He's always working. When we think he's not, he's working. Amen. Anyone else? Yeah. <laughs> All right. I don't need that. Okay. Um, and it's just a small thing, but what amazes me about God, the God of the universe cares about us and our tiny little prayers for tiny little things. I woke up on Saturday morning, and it was raining on the river, and it was cloudy, and I said, no, Lord, we need the sun to come out. We need the sun to come out. And about 12 o'clock, the clouds started to clear, and I thought, with everything going on in the world, mm. that prayer was important to my God. Mm. He looked down, he heard that prayer, and I know a lot of us were praying it, so probably more important people than me were asking for that. But the thought that the God of the universe mm. not only takes the time, but is the God who hears, and he's the God who answers. And I was so thrilled when the sun came out. It was like, they're going to have a wonderful day. And I was just so thrilled with that. So. Amen. Praise the Lord. Thank you. Anyone else? All right. Yesterday, you know, with a fall uh, carnival, you have to have, I, I think you have to have, a bonfire. And uh, there was one guy in particular that gave it his all. We did not know it was going to be that warm. But Ethan, we, we applaud you. We thank you. He was here early getting the fire going and getting it set up and get, you know, and uh, I, I thank you, Ethan, for your diligentness. And, you know, he was diligent. He was here early and got it going. And uh, we appreciate that. So thank you. You know, there is, there, like I said in the beginning, there was so many moving parts of yesterday you know, you, you can't, you, there's nowhere to start, you know. And the thing is that God knows, you know, nothing yesterday that was done went unnoticed. And uh, for His glory, it wasn't to say, hey, look what we did yesterday. We, we just showed up and we were obedient, right? And that's what we talked about this morning, being obedient as the Lord directs and as He leads. And, 
and that's what a number of you did yesterday. You were obedient and um, served. So, you know, we are, we're grateful for just the way he answered prayers and humbled uh, to think that the God of this universe um, decided to answer those prayers in the way we wanted them answered, right? And uh, so we give him the praise and glory for that. Take your Bibles this evening and turn to 1 Timothy chapter 2. We're going to finish out this section we started at last week. And we're going we're gonna to work through and finish this out. Um, some interesting verses here to say the least. <clears throat> As we look to the scriptures this evening, we see last week I left off at the creation uh, of the woman. And we, I said we're going to kind of get into this a little bit. And that's our first point this evening is the creation of, of women. And a popular, popular misconception is that women um, subordinate roles is a result of the fall. I don't know if anyone has heard that before, um, but if you read a number of articles on this, that is what, what some believe or some push towards. And they say that because of the fall of women are cursed in, in this way, and since the effects of, of the fall now are, are reversed in Jesus Christ, therefore... Therefore, the different roles of male and female should be erased as well. However, Paul explains that a woman's contemporary role is not, to, or is not a product of the fall. It's a product of divine order or original creation. Look at verse 13 in our text as we jump right in here. Verse 13, and this is, this is the argumentation here. As we approach this, this is, this is the defense for what the teaching is at hand here. It says, For Adam was formed first, then Eve, and Adam was not deceived, but the woman was deceived and became a transgressor. Okay? Why does the New Testament assign the fall to Adam's sin and not to Eve's sin is the question here. You know, we come to this text and, and, and we ask this question. And after all, Eve is the one that blew it, right? Everyone's like, oh, huh? I see some laughing, some snickering. Well, let's continue on. Eve is the one who sinned first, right? Okay. But why is man's sin nature then inherited from Adam to man now. And I would suggest that headship of the man was part of God's design. Okay, that was part of God's design from the very beginning. From the very beginning. That is head of the relationship, right at the top. Adam bore the ultimate responsibility for the sin in the garden. And Paul's argument here is, is really reaching back. It's really going back to the order of creation. Man was formed first, then woman, right? So we see the order here. And although woman Eve sinned, right, Adam is held responsible for that. Held responsible for that. The roles Paul spelled out here were a product of God's fundamental design, wherein Adam was formed first and then Eve. 
more than chronological priority here. Paul saw the priority in time that was, was really indicative of all the leadership given to the male, to which the woman, the helper, right? She's the helpmate, the helper, suitable for him, should respond. Now, does this mean that men are inherently more spiritual than women? No, not at all. No way, for both, we are, we are both, we are all created in the image of who? God. And both are saved by the grace of who? By the grace of God. However, God's intended creation for male leadership in the home, and now Paul is saying also in the church. Points out in the home and as well as in the church. So we see the creation of woman. But what about this doesn't get any easier here as we continue on in this text. Look at verse 15. What I will call our next point tonight is the contribution, the contribution of women. Now, as we started last week, you probably remember we saw, number one, the continuance, or I'm sorry, the countenance, right? The countenance or, or the clothing, the cosmetics of the Christian women. Number two, the character of Christian women. Number three, the conduct of Christian women and the concern of Christian women. And all of this coming from the creation of women that we just looked at. But then our next point in verse 15, it says this. Verse 15, it says, Yet she will be saved through childbearing if they continue in faith and love and holiness with self-control. If you remember last week, as I began the service, I shared with you a title of a book that was shared with me in Bible college. And that title of the book was Trembling at the Threshold of a Biblical Text. And not only is this passage a, a political hot potato today, if you will, but this final verse is very difficult scripture to interpret. Let me tell you what this cannot possibly mean here. Verse 15 cannot possibly mean that a woman achieves eternal salvation in Christ by having a baby. That would contradict the whole message of the gospel, the Bible's teaching about salvation by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone, right? That would negate that part, right? It would take it out. It's not what it says. Secondly, this could not possibly mean that women who have not bore children cannot be saved or are less godly or less valuable. You say, well, of course not. Well, I've, I've read these things in different articles, different commentaries, so people believe these things. There have been millions of godly women who have never had children at all. In the context, I believe that Paul is saying in verse 15, it's childbearing, not public teaching, that is the particular function of women with a godly and dignity all in its own. And allow me to read from a commentary on this issue here. And this is one of the most difficult verses in the New Testament to interpret. It says, The ambiguous words, keep safe through childbearing, had given rise, rise to several diverse interpretations. Someone suggested that this means perverse physically through the difficult process of childbearing. 
that you're, you're preserved through that. Others say that they are preserved from insignificance by means by their role in the family. Some say they are saved through the alternate childbirth of Jesus Christ, the Savior. Others say that this means being kept from the corruption of society by being at home raising children. The interpretation of verse 15 is then further clouded by the continual cause at the end of verse clause, at the end of verse, uh, at the end of the verse there. It says, if they continue in faith and love and holiness with self-control. And I, I really believe it's this. I believe a woman will find her greatest satisfaction and meaning in life, not in seeking the man's role, but rather in fulfilling God's design for her as a woman, as a wife, as a mother, with faith, love, holiness, with self-control, there at the end of verse 15. And that is the contribution of woman. Woman, ladies, you this evening make a contribution that men can never, ever make. And that is the beauty of the way God designed men and the beauty of how God designed women. Ladies, we can't even begin to do what you guys do. And vice versa, right? Because God only designed it one way and one way only. That's it, period. End of story. He created man and he created woman. And they have specific duties, specific roles. Society today is trying to blend them together. God designed Adam and Eve, man and woman, period. That's it. That's it. And we all have different roles. And ladies, I can't even begin to imagine what you guys do. My mind can't comprehend all that you do. I am just a one task, and that's it at the time. I focus on one thing. You guys focus on a thousand things and get them all done. I focus on one and barely get that one done. So God has equipped women in a way that is unbelievable. And I think of what a glorious thing it was that God chose a woman to give birth to the eternal Son of God, our Lord Jesus Christ. What great value and importance there is in that. So, what about women in the church? Number one, women take care of our... Or, or number one from last week, women take care of your countenance and your clothing as a Christian woman. We're going to do a little review. Number two, like we just did. Number two, women know that your character is your greatest beauty. And I'm simply walking through some of the points from last week as, as we did last week. But it's, it's your inner person that is your greatest beauty. Number three, make your conduct of service and good works and ministry in the church a confirmation of your profession, professed godliness. Verse number 10. I have got a fly flying around here. That is unbelievable. The end of October we got flies dive vomit in here. Uh, number four, don't concern yourself with teaching authority. Don't ever bother with that. Don't, don't, don't go there, okay? Enjoy the privileges of learning. Now, I say that 
you know, you guys, the women teach, what, what do they do? What are some of the roles in the church according to God's word uh, for the women as far as teaching goes? Sunday school, other women, okay? Sunday school, that's it, period, over, right? Potlucks, she says, potlucks. Okay, I'm not going there, let's keep moving. So, uh, number five, number five, recognize that God's purpose for you dates back to His creation. It goes back to creation. I mean, this isn't something that just was, was brought up. It goes way back. Number six, know that God has honored women with the role of childbearing. And that, I, I, I'm a little hesitant to say that, but from what I understand, that's an honor. I, I can't say, because I've never been through, uh, but all the mothers I've talked to, they said it's, it was wonderful. Wonderful. Number, uh, number six, I already said that, with childbearing. Specifically, you know, we think again that Mary gave birth to Jesus Christ. You know, God could have sent His Son any way, right? But He chose it through Mary. And she had Jesus Christ. I am so grateful for... Women. I'm grateful for, of course, my mother. She's a woman, right? I'm grateful for my wife. Grateful for the grandmothers. I'm grateful for the women in this church that, that live out these verses. Because society needs to see this. Society needs to see what it means to be a good, godly woman. Because I think if you were to turn the TV on, we see the opposite. Sometimes you turn the radio on, you hear the opposite. And folks, I am so thankful that we had the opportunity we had yesterday to have, you know, tons of people in here from the community to witness what we're all about. And they saw, they saw good, godly women, good, godly men, right? People that love one another. People that are there for one another. But I'm grateful for the godly women in this body. I'm thankful that my girls have godly women to look up to. That they have examples right before them that they can look up to, that they can talk to, that they can pray with, that they can cry with, that they can learn from. I'm thankful for that. Although there is a difference between men and women, there is no place for a man's you know, set thought of women are lower than they are. We're all part of the body of Christ, and we all labor together, and we all serve God together. We just need to remember our roles, right? And we do a great job at that here. And I'm thankful for that. But we are all a part of the body of Christ. You are part of the church of the living God. And as Paul is writing to the church of Ephesus here, specifically Pastor Timothy, and I don't believe he suppresses women, but rather affirms women in the church. He affirms them. This is what it looks like to have a godly lady in the church. And he goes through that list that I just went through. 
This is how you conduct yourselves within the body. And why is this important, do you think? Why do you think it's important? Why is it here? Why do you think it's important? Interaction time. It's like he knew. What's that, Ron? Absolutely. That is the way he designed it. He knew. He wants us to, to remember what this book is for, right? He's writing to young Timothy uh, guidelines for the church, if you will. And this is what we have to go on. And this is how he designed it. So if there's problems, go to him. Go to him. He, this is how he designed the church. This isn't me saying, oh, this is how we need to do things. This is how it's got to go. This is right from the scripture, right from the word of God. Let me ask you another question this evening. Is it important that we follow this structure? Why? Society isn't. <laughs> right? Well, we don't base our life on society, do we? We base it on the Word of God. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, even in my lifetime, I've seen the progression, the slide, the, the rapid fall. And, you know, when you take God out of everything, right, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? So you'd start taking these guidelines out of the church because you don't like them or they make you feel uncomfortable or you want to be politically correct, right? It's not going to work well. It's not going to work well. He lays it right out for us. And he makes it so clear for us on how we are to conduct the church. I was, um, I was talking to a lady... And she was telling me uh, about one of her marriages. Um, and, and she said she did not know this before going into this marriage. She showed up at the church and uh, she found out when she got there that it was a lady pastor that was marrying him. I've got a whole lot of questions about that, how she got to that point and didn't know uh, who was marrying them. Clearly, they didn't go through marriage counseling or anything like that. Um, but that, that didn't sit well with her. And we, we talked a little bit about that. But, you know, society says we got to love everybody. Do we have to love everybody? Yes, we do. We understand that. We do love, love everybody. We get that. But Timothy lays out how we are to run the church. And when we start diverting from that, that's scary. That's scary. We need to stick true to what the Bible says. You know, many times I'll have people ask me, what, what denomination are you? So we're non-denominational. Uh, we love Jesus Christ and we preach the Bible. Oh, okay. Uh, that's great. So there's nobody, there's nobody running the church. Well, there is people running the church, but they're, they're talking about denomination-wise. You know, And uh, they're wondering about how uh, slippery the slope is, if, if you will, in the church. How far are we gone? Well, no, we, we preach the Bible. Like you, you use the Bible and you, you actually read from it? Yep. 
we do. And that's one thing I've heard over the years since I've been here is, I can't believe you guys actually read the Bible. Some churches that don't even read Scripture. Wow. So as we finish out this text here this evening, ladies, you have a very important role. Amen? You have a very important role. And I'm thankful for the role that you guys have in the way how God designed uh, the structure here, the layout of the church. Men, you have an important role as well on how God called you um, to be a leader, in, especially in your home and in the church. And uh, I'm thankful for the fact that, you know, the time we live in, how messy it is, how we have a guideline we can stick to. It's not anyone's uh, thoughts or uh, this is, I think, how it should be done. Well, let's see what Timothy says here, or what Paul says here in First Timothy as we structure this. And he lays it out very clear there, and I'm thankful for that. Anyone have a testimony real quick about maybe a, a lady that um, was an encouragement to you as you grew up, or even maybe now, you don't have to use names or anything, but how they have encouraged you? Anyone have a, a testimony on that? There are flies like crazy here. Unbelievable. Yes? Praise the Lord. Amen. Anyone else? Lee. I have been really blessed. I've been surrounded by godly women, my mom, both my grandma, my sisters. Sandy is the most disciplined person I've ever met spiritually. And and my daughters now. Praise the Lord. Thank you. Sharon.
Mm. Amen. That's neat. Praise the Lord. Anyone else? Vivian. She was probably in her 50s. Sarah.
And from what I see on Facebook, she's still the same. You know, I'll, I'll see every once in a while comments from her and, and uh, thankful for, for their testimony. Amen. Anyone else? All right. We are thankful for our ladies, that's for sure. And uh, we're thankful for the impact that they have um, within the church. Ladies, you do have a big role. And uh, I'm thankful for the way God designed it. The way God designed it, not society, not any kind of um, structure from anywhere else, but the way God designed it. And uh, I'm thankful for that. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for, Lord, just the opportunity to be here this evening to finish out these last few verses here in 1 Timothy as, as Paul pens this to this young pastor, as he's showing him, as he's telling him how to, how to structure the church. I thank you for, for that, Lord. Father, I thank you that your word is rock solid and reliable and doesn't change. In a, in a time that changes so quickly, your word doesn't. And I praise you for that. Lord, I thank you for the opportunities you have given us to proclaim the gospel over the last few days here. Lord, I do pray that you would continue to give the increase there, Father. Lord, I pray that you would be with the ones that came this morning that I saw here from the carnival yesterday. Lord, I pray that you would work in their hearts, Lord, if they don't know you as Savior, that uh, they, would, they would cry out to you for the forgiveness of their sins and accept you as their Savior, Lord. Again, we thank you for today and the opportunity to worship the one who is worthy of all of our worship. We pray this in Jesus' precious name. Amen.